Hi, this is Terry Dismore, and you're listening to the Quiz the Diz podcast. Terry brings years of experience in consulting, management, leadership, and life. In this podcast, Terry answers questions about these topics, bringing wisdom from a kingdom perspective. Our website is quizthediz.com. Now here's the Diz. Thanks, and have I got some good news for you today. That is this. I think we need to be called to where we're going, not looking at what we've done. And let me explain what I mean by that. You know, the series that I'm in now is called 10 Things We Can Agree On for America, and they are 10 items that I think we should focus on as a nation as we ramp up to the election. And from that matter, from then on, because if we don't concentrate on these things, we'll always be looking at the rearview mirror trying to decide what caused us to be the way that we were. And I know that it's good to have historical documents. Uh, documents. It's good to have a historical record of why we believe the things that we do, why we do the things that we do. But right now, we've got people that are taking us going, hey, look at this. You all had this institution of slavery here for two or three hundred years. And uh, I know it's gone now, And but uh, we need to pay attention to that. No, not really. Yeah, we, that was wrong. That was a bad thing. It affected thousands and thousands, millions of people's lives. It was horrible. But here's one thing that we did do. We fought a war to stop it. And that was between countrymen. That was between citizens of the United States that were fighting a war to stop the institution of slavery. Now, I think we're the first ones to do that, right? So, yeah, we may be horrible, mean, awful, nasty people, but we did do that part. Well, the thing about it is we can look at a lot of things in our past that we're not proud of. As a matter of fact, me in my own personal life, I've got a few things that I've done in my past that I'm not proud of. But that's not where I live. That's not what's calling me forward. See, the Bible says that without a vision, people perish. So I kind of think this 10 10 things we can agree on for America is a vision for our future based on the good foundations of the past. So the first three are what we've already covered. Well, the first two we've already covered in depth. We're a sovereign nation, meaning that we don't owe national allegiance to any other nation, only to ourselves. We're a nation of laws and not men. That was last week's podcast. And I really believe we need to focus on that a lot because we tend to have two different forms of justice right now in this country. And a lot of you that commented on last week's podcast said the same thing. It's just like, why did this person get away with this? And another person did something that wasn't even close to that bad, and they're being chased like a hound dog. That's a little Southern phrase there for you. So the third of the 10 things we can agree on for America is this. Our rights are protected, but not granted by the government. So we talk a lot about rights, civil rights, human rights, individual rights, sexual rights. There's all sorts of rights out there that we agree upon. And the fact of the matter is a lot of it is just privileges that we grant to each other. For instance, driving. And I've mentioned this before. Driving is not a right. Driving your car is a privilege granted to those that take up certain things. Now, what are they? They are, I'm not going to drive drunk. I'm going to drive a car that's It may not be in the best shape, but at least it's not going to hurt anybody going down the highway. I'm going to pay attention to other people on the road, and I'm going to follow the rules of the road. Those are the things we agree to, and and when we agree to that, then we get the privilege 
of driving. We don't have a right to drive. There are other things that we call rights all the time that aren't rights. Well, let's talk a little bit about what rights that we do have. Now, in the in the uh, preamble to the Declaration, it said this, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. So they're saying, this is why we're doing this. Well, here's why. The first words they say, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, among these, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. And here's where we've gotten off, and I'd say the last 120 years, especially since the administrative state has become so powerful in this country, is that the governed get their rights from the government. No, we do not. The government that is instituted among men derives its powers of justice, if you will, from the consent of the government. In other words, we're of the governed. In other words, we're saying to our government, listen, you can have this uh, over me, but I'm telling you can do it. Well, you know that we've got people going around now that are telling uh, ranchers out west that they've got a puddle on their farm that they can't farm there anymore because that's part of the waters of the United States and, oh, we can't do that. Well, what, what kind of craziness is that? Well, that's the craziness that comes when we kind of abdicate our responsibilities as citizens. As a matter of fact, one of our next things we're going to talk about is about the citizens of the United States. See, I really believe that one of the reasons that we have lost a lot of our rights and the reason that we've passed our uh, our decision on what rights we have over to uh, a group of government officials is because we're like, well, I don't want to take care of that myself. <laughs> well, okay. So here's the deal. If you're not going to take care of it, somebody else will. You know, there's an old saying that if you don't take care of it, somebody else is going to take care of it. Somebody's going to say something about it. And the problem we have with that is we don't want anybody else to say anything about it, but we don't want to take care of it either. Uh, I see that all the time in certain businesses that I'm part of. I'll see people are like, well, you know, I did, there's not, that's not that important to me. Somebody wants it. Somebody's going to come in. As a matter of fact, Jesus talked about it in the New Testament when he said, when, when you get rid of an evil spirit out of somebody, you got to be careful because seven more will come to try to come in and take its place. Well, that's the thing that we see going on in this country right now is, well, I want this right. Well, you don't have that right. You know, we spent 50 years in this country saying that you had a right in the Constitution to abortion until a couple of years ago when the Supreme Court looked at it again and said, wait a minute, that's not in the, that is not in the Constitution anywhere. If the states want to decide it, eh, have at it. But that's not in the Constitution. And where did we get that from? Well, we got it because certain judges back in 1973 said, well, there's a penumbra of, you know, there's a shadow of the, okay, all right. In other words, you made it up. You made it up because it was the popular thing to do at the time, or the thing you thought that would, that would uh, be good. 
Like, no, that's not been good for our country. 80 million people will tell you why that's not, well, would tell you why that's not good, because they're not here. Those are the aborted babies that have come because of that. Now, I'm not saying we didn't do that sort of thing before 1973, and I'm not saying it's not going on now. But as a nation, we, we said, you have this right. There's no right like that in the Constitution. As a matter of fact, when you talk about the Bill of Rights in the Constitution, there are only, there are only 10 uh, in the in the Bill of Rights, 10 amendments. And they are amendments, by the way. They're not... Um, they are not part of the original Constitution. They, they came in a, a couple of years later. It wasn't very long. But the problem that you run into is people take those rights and go, okay, I got the right, but I've also got this right to do this, and I've got a right to, you know, the government says, well, we've got a right to take your land if we want to build a store on it. No, you don't. But there have been uh, agreements made by the by uh, the folks in, in Congress and, and in the uh, courts that said, well, yeah, I guess you can. You know, eminent domain, we can take that. And uh, there was a decision handed down by the Supreme Court several years ago that I think was wrong that said to uh, a city in Connecticut that they could take this lady's property and develop it. Do you know that that property today is still empty? They tore her house down, but the, the, that place is still empty. That, it's crazy. Well, that's when you have people that say, well, we have more rights than you do. No, you don't have more rights than that. You have the exact same amount of rights. So uh, we uh, passed the Constitution in uh, 1787, and then in 1789, the first Congress of the United States proposed 12 amendments to the Constitution. So we kind of know what they are. The First Amendment is about what you can do so Congress can make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Okay, that's a right written in the Constitution. Um, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. There are apparently a people that there are a lot of people out there that you read that one they're like well it was the arms they had at the time let me see where that is in that in that document no it's not in there I can't find it document the arms that you had at the time it says the right shall not be infringed so that's the second amendment third amendment is soldiers can't be quartered in a house I'm going through these kind of quick uh, number four, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, in other words, the stuff that they have, their houses, papers, all that kind of uh, stuff, shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation. So in other words, if you're going to be searched, you have to have a warrant to be searched can't just walk in and people i mean they do that you see them now you see police departments going in with all this heavy equipment uh trying to get you know swatting people's houses well how do you think it got there it got there because people that uh that said well we have more rights than you do uh amendment number five no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless they are presented or indicted for, by a grand jury and it goes on to talk about the land and naval forces and the militia, which they have there. Um, they can't be put into a fence twice uh, in jeopardy of life or limb. You can't be compelled to uh, be a witness against yourself or be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process. There's a lot in that amendment. And that's where the no 
no private property shall be taken for public use without just compensation. Well, you know, people read into those and go, well, you know, what's just compensation? It's what you just want. <clears throat> no, that's not what it means. In other words, you need to be compensated for that. And what was happening back then and had happened recently, and that's why this is in here, is because the people had been, uh, their houses had been taken, farms, all this kind of stuff had been taken by the British uh, and while they were still British subjects. And not in they weren't in rebellion against them. They just took it. They wanted it. Well, the king can do that, right? Well, we don't have a king, and that was part of why this amendment is there. Uh, amendment 6 is about the right to a speedy trial and an impartial jury. Amendment 7, uh, there shall be a trial by jury where the value in controversy shall exceed $20. That's, <laughs> that's actually in the Constitution. Uh, excessive bail shall not be required. That's Amendment 8, or excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishment inflicted. Number nine is the enumeration of the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. In other words, the Congress can't come in and take rights from you, so you can't be denied or disparaged of rights that have been retained by you in the first place. And Amendment 10, the one we pay very little attention to, is the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited to it by the states. Again, the states at the time had the right to prohibit the United States from doing certain things. Now it's the other way around. If the United States doesn't want you, the, the federal government doesn't want you doing something, they just withhold money. I'll tell you a story about that in just a minute. Anyway, those rights and the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited to it by the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. In other words, the people are primary. The people, the people are supreme, and we've kind of forgotten that. Again, one of the ten things that we need to agree on for America, we can agree on for America, is this. Our rights are protected but not granted by the government. So let me tell you a real quick story about the uh, um, Amendment 10 here, about the, the state, the right of the state. So um, uh, in 1974, President Nixon imp imposed the national speed limit, 55 miles an hour. Well, Montana didn't like that. Montana had had what was called R&P, speed limit, reasonable and proper. In other words, you can go as fast as you want to, as long as, you know, if you're driving 100 miles an hour through a school zone, that's not reasonable, nor is it proper. But if you're six miles from another car out in the middle of the uh, nowhere on an interstate, and you're going 105 miles an hour, well, it was up to the police to pull you over. So in 1974, 55 miles an hour everywhere. As a matter of fact, when Nay and I moved to Ohio, there was a dual speed limit, 65 for cars and trucks and 55 for, I'm sorry, for big trucks and 55 for big trucks. So your car, you could drive 65 until you got up to a truck, which was going 55, and that effectively made it the speed limit. Well, you know how the government imposed that? They just said, well, we're going to withhold funds. If you don't go along with this, we're going to withhold funds. And they did that to Montana. So Montana finally put the 55 mile an hour in place. It was in place, and they're okay. In the, in the 80s, they decided, you know what, That's eh, let's just take that off. So now you can set your own speed limit, but it can't be any higher than X. Well, okay, all well and good, except the way they withheld and the way the government got you to do what you they wanted you to do was by withholding funding. So what we've enumerated 
from the states, in other words, the money that's come from me and you to the federal government is being used as a cudgel back toward us to get us to do what the federal government wants us to do. And that's bass backwards, pardon my French, from what uh, Amendment 10 says. It's supposed to be the other way around. Either the people have the right or the states have the right. The federal government, if it's not in the Constitution, they can't do it. And I think part of the problem that they run into is that we're supposed to provide for the general welfare. or the it doesn't say, That's the first part of the Constitution. It, it, that's one of the things that we're supposed to uh, come to first. When you talk about the Constitution in the United States, one of the things it says is we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. It's to promote the general welfare. What we're doing now is promoting individual welfare, and that that's supposed to be a good thing. And it's not. Well, I've kind of run out of time here today, but I wanted to talk about rights and I wanted to talk about the Constitution and to make sure that you understand one of the 10 things I think we have to agree on for America is that our rights are protected by, but not granted by, the government. Well, will you let me know what you think about this? Our website is quizthatis.com. You can reach me at terry at quizthatis.com. I always look forward to hearing from you for your questions, your comments, smart aleck remarks. I don't care. Would you take a moment and rate our podcast where you get it, whether it's on Apple or Podbean or wherever you get it, let your friends know about us. And remember, God has a plan for your life and for your nation, and we're here to help you find it. The Quiz That Is podcast is produced by Prosper Leadership. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe and let your friends know about Quiz That Is. Quiz That Is.